People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Jane and Brendan Sullivan are a mother-son team who have launched a new, amazing mental health and wellness company called Zama Health. Their mission is to expand human potential and build inclusive communities for anyone seeking how to discover their best self. Please welcome Jane and Brendan to Health Gig. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us on. I'm so thrilled you're here today because mental health and how we can help those who are struggling with issues like loneliness and food addictions and things like that is really important. And especially after the pandemic or during this pandemic that we're sadly still experiencing now. And so what you're doing is really important. And I have to say, I've had some experience with some companies like Zama. And what I love about what you all do is that there is a personal connection. I've been online and tried to sign up with some online therapy. And first of all, it's impossible to book an appointment and I'm not talking to anybody. And so I'm thrown off. We'll talk more about that. But I wanted to start by asking you, Jane, you have the most impressive life story. Can you just tell us a little bit about you? And then we'll move into Brendan and your life and how you got here. Sure. So I grew up uh, in a family where both of my parents were the first people to have the privilege to go to college. My mother was an immigrant who came with her 25-year-old grandmother who did not speak a word of English. My father was the Boston boy who grew up there his whole life. Father was a steel worker, was part of the crew that built the Boston Public Library and lots of other landmark buildings. My mother is still alive, 90, sharp as a tack. That's great. Despite lots of barriers, including being a woman in her era, she went to a top-notch university, Tufts University, got several degrees there, became an English literature teacher, which is interesting since her mother came to this country without a word of English. And then my dad was in the Navy for a period of time and then came home, went to law school, became a DA, a public defender, had his own practice, eventually became a uh, district court judge. Always did a lot of volunteer work and unfortunately was a, a judge for a short period of time. He had untimely quick death at 62. But my parents always instilled in my brother and myself how important service to others is. And also to kind of always have another perspective of why people do what they do. There's always a reason. The way they were brought up, the opportunities they had or did not have. And that always has stuck with me. My brother went on also to be an attorney, but joined the Marine Corps in the JAG for a period of time. And he's four years older. He's a wonderful man and was a wonderful brother. And I always had to do everything he did. College, same car, everything. And so, of course, I couldn't wait to join the Air Force after college, which was a great experience for me. I spent a little over four years, met my husband there, who was a career officer. So we moved around a lot. I finished a master's in management when we live in Colorado and got a, a fabulous job for a startup medical staffing company 
But what changed for me, my complete career shift was we had an account that no one could ever fill. And it was a chronic mental health, chronic care facility. And finally they said, you know, if you don't send someone today, that's it. And so I went into the staffers and I said, put me in there. I'm going there. We're not going to lose this account. And I went and it was life changing. I hate to say it's so corny to say, but I just loved being there. I loved everything about it. And so that was it. I went back to school one last time and became a psychiatric nurse practitioner. And I have to say, I'm one of those lucky people that just loves what I do. Since then, I've worked in all levels of care for almost 30 years. My most recent job was almost 17 years in an inpatient eating disorder unit and general psych unit located in Massachusetts, which served all of New England. It was the only one in New England. It just recently was bought by Montecito. Through all of this, the common thread for all of the folks that I've taken care of all these years is really kind of loneliness and isolation. And if not hundreds, it's thousands of times people have said to me, you're the only person that ever listened to me. How sad is that? So my desire is to just really normalize mental health. People have significant mental health issues and require much higher levels of care and and significant amount of medication. But there's just millions of people out there, all of us, that, you know, just struggling daily with anxieties, a little depression, grief, addiction, loneliness, especially the pandemic. And so my hope is for Zama to really, you know, remove that shame and stigma related to mental health and people will look for help and not be shamed because they shouldn't be. It's funny. I was talking to someone recently and I was thinking back because I'm an older person, (laughs) but I had a family doctor and he's wonderful when I was, you know, very little girl and I used to go to his office and he would smoke in it. And you think back and you think, Oh my God, that's so crazy. Right. Now I hope 10 years from now, I hope it's sooner than that. We're going to look back and think, How crazy was that, that mental health has been stigmatized all these years? That's my hope that we can kind of bring this to the forefront, get people excited, get on the evolution of change. It's fantastic what your family's done. Thank you for your service. This is a whole nother podcast, but the contributions that immigrants make to our country should not be overlooked. And so your parents and the hard work and All they've done is applauded by me and by many, many Americans, which is so cool. And then here you are and your brother serving our country in so many different ways. So we so appreciate that. And then your commitment to normalizing mental health and taking the shame away is absolutely critical. You work with your son, which I think is so awesome. I work with my sister-in-law and there's just something very special about that. So Brendan, tell us how you got involved and what it's like to work with your mom. I think a a lot of times people lately think about mental health and it is like highly stigmatized, but in reality, like we all experience different mental health aspects. I just don't think people often associate it with, with mental health type things. And I've had the benefit of growing up with a mental health practitioner. So I think a lot of things in my life, after I look back on of things I might have struggled with, my mom helped me through them. And although at the time, I might not have thought they were kind of mental health related, you know, they definitely 
had a component of that. I mean, I think of like one thing of like, we moved around a lot because his dad was in the military for 20 years. And that was a struggle for me too, partly. And just having my mom as a presence and, and a support system for that, but just kind of a bunch of different, different aspects. And I think as I've gotten older on high school and college, and I have a very close group of guy friends and they come to me sometimes with concerns that they have and thoughts about trying to get seeking like medical help too. And I think a lot of things, especially for, for males, they don't feel like there's a place that they can really go to. I think most mental health companies really target women primarily. They also kind of look the same. They talk the same. They seem very sterile and they seem kind of overly medical in a lot of ways. And I don't think that's necessary. I think a lot of what my mom was talking about is, is building that support system and sense of community. And that's something I really care about. And I was formerly the captain of Yale's track team. And I just saw firsthand how a lot of other teammates suffered from mental health, especially eating disorders. And so, and even post that in the professional world, countless colleagues and friends kind of use unhealthy methods to, to deal with things like stress or such like that. And so mom moved to DC about six months ago and we really just believe in this integrative approach towards mental wellness and didn't feel like there was a company that was accomplishing it in the way that we thought it should be done. And, and you know, although my background is more in finance and operations and startups, it's obviously a field I care about and something that I've, I've spoken to my mom about over the years. And so we decided to start our own company a few months ago. And yeah, it's been great so far. Well, it sounds like a good partnership then with your background and your mom's background. It's perfect, really. Tell us about your company. Tell us about Zama and how it started. And the name is so interesting. What's the background of that? Zama, it's a new mental health and wellness company that my mom and I recently launched in DC and Massachusetts. Zama actually literally translates to exist um, in Hausa, which is just a language spoken by the Hausa people. And we just felt like it was unique. It was a calming word. It's easy to pronounce. And it also just relates to the idea that uh, in order to really exist and find peace, you need to kind of leverage the tools and resources to be comfortable with who you are. To start off, we launched a website a few months ago. We're up to about 140 patients now. We have four other therapists and, and a couple other prescribers on staff uh, working with us. And that's continuing to grow. But you know, our first priority really is trying to make it as accessible as possible for people. So we accept insurance. We do free medication delivery. We offer in-person and virtual options. We can talk about how we think that is going to expand and more of this wellness platform over time. But, you know, at its core, we really wanted to provide a service to people that is really hard to come by. Uh, I know you mentioned yourself, it's really nearly impossible to find mental health companies out except insurance. And I could go all day about the issues I have with insurance companies, but we're really trying to do our best to look past that and, and really provide a service that's as accessible as possible for people. And so we are accepting it. As you say, additionally, because of the pandemic and people are seeking help more than ever, I have found in all of my experience, there are just not enough providers, regardless of the insurance piece. They're just so full. There just are not enough people. So it's a difficult time right now, mm -hmm. I think, in, especially in outpatient mental health. It is, but it's amazing that you all jumped in to fill that need. So how is it that you're going to accomplish your mission? We kind of already mentioned sort of the, the, the convenience and affordability piece of the medication delivery insurances, really providing you with the tools to prevent crises, methods for developing strong relationships with yourself, strategies for establishing rituals that will 
evolve and change just as your life circumstances change, but kind of providing you with that toolkit. But, you know, extending past that, I guess, more on the business side, it's we're really creating partnerships with local wellness companies. We're actually going into to Vita Fitness to do an open house today, really trying to establish relationships with these local companies so that patients not only get access to primary care, but also discounts or benefits of the local community via these partnerships with other companies that we feel like are doing a good job in the space. And that could include fitness companies. It could, could include healthy dining, life coaching, things that fall within that wellness umbrella. And so this is really part of our belief in this integrative approach that at its core is the medical component, but there's a lot of different aspects that go into wellness that I think we are all aware about. And it's trying to provide one place that people can access that. Let's say I want to be a client. Walk us through how you do that. How, what happens when I go to your website? So basically you can sign up through our website at, at zamahealth.com. We also have a phone number or email if it's easier just to reach out, but you can sign up directly on the website. And, you know, once you're set up one of the appointment, we set you up on our patient portal and kind of everything is contained in that portal. There's documentation to review and e-sign beforehand, but then there's also the telehealth link for folks who are dialing in virtually. And then at the time of your appointment, you log into the room and you meet with Jane. So initially they will meet with me for one hour and the evaluation is quite extensive, uh, covering all realms of someone's life experience. And then the determination is made whether they need a therapist or they also need medication. But I also highly recommend someone have a therapist. Also, I will recommend a general practitioner if they don't have someone. I, and I have folks they can see nutritionists if needed. And also I ask them about their exercise routines and so forth and so on uh, and give recommendations and also the eating piece, um, which I'm very well versed in. So from there, they can either she, they may continue to see me if I prescribe medication on a monthly basis or sooner if needed, as well as a therapist, um, either weekly or twice a month or monthly, and also other providers as indicated from their evaluation. So it's like a holistic, like it takes a village approach. You diagnose sort of the needs. I think like one of the issues that we've seen and I've even experienced too, is that it's just sometimes really difficult to know where to go or what folks you can really trust and work with. And so we try to really make it as convenient, easy for patients so that if they don't have a primary care professional, if they need a nutritionist, if they are more interested in being physically active, or if they could benefit from not necessarily a therapist, but maybe a life coach, you know, we can provide those resources to them. And yeah. so that's, you know, what we're building towards. A recent great example of that is historically when people think they have ADD or ADHD, because you can have concentration difficulties for many reasons, but I have many young people seeking ADHD medication. And my answer is, of course, you need to have neuropsychological testing, which even several years ago was very difficult. You have to find a psychologist who performs the test, and then it's several months and it's several thousands of dollars. So by chance, one of the patients I am seeing that I had required the testing went online and found a company that does online testing by registered psychologists in every state. It's a very reasonable price. Many insurance companies will actually pay for it. And so it's been a great find for the patients to be able to access the testing right away. And then if they attain the diagnosis that 
they think they have, then of course medication would be indicated. So I think over time we're finding more and more things that we can provide for patients that were very difficult to access in the past and certainly currently. It's awesome. It sounds like one-stop shopping. And so Jane, are you the first face that someone speaks to? I'm definitely the one in DC right now. We have several other people in Massachusetts that are also seeing patients. I do see Massachusetts patients as well. I'm still licensed there. But right now in DC, um, I am in the portion. Okay. So what's the future hold for Zama? What's the next six to 12 months or the next few months? What's going on? What, what are you looking at? We're definitely being very methodical just about our growth. Great care is important. Customer service is definitely a top priority too. I think in this field, it's a field built on trust. And so having a friendly individual to speak with, even when you're just signing up for appointments is, is definitely important. It's, it's great to do podcasts like this just to get the word out and, and spread the message. But, you know, I think kind of the next extension is, is these partnerships that we discuss, local partnerships with other gyms and wellness companies in the area. But lastly, too, it's really starting to focus on how we can build a community, both virtually and in person. And so we're starting to develop more of a software platform that will allow us to do support groups, social events in other type of speaking engagements, and as well as allow patients to actually communicate with each other. Obviously, they have to consent to everything on the platform. And that's all to really create more of a sense of community that we feel like is very important in terms of fighting the stigma and getting the word out about this. So as I mentioned earlier, I did try to sign up with one of the big therapy online programs. And it was frustrating because I couldn't reach a person. Mm-hmm. And I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, but that's one of the biggest things that differentiates you from some of these other companies. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, I think customers are in a field kind of, I mentioned where people often feel vulnerable, just ensuring you're responsible and genuine and, and how you speak with them is, is vitally important. I think we've all experienced being on calls for an hour and no one picking up. And when it finally picks up, it's a robot. Um, yeah. That's kind of frustrating. Um, so we definitely, uh, believe in that, but yeah, even extending that, it, it is that holistic approach. It is that wellness platform. It is that ability to do in person if you so choose. And then lastly, it's trying to establish that real sense of community through sport groups and other types of social events. What door was asking you about, you know, accessibility is so funny because we would call people right away. Sometimes if we could see it right away. And many times someone would say, wow, I spent weeks and I never got anyone. It was almost like they were suspicious, like, what's wrong? <laughs> back right away. And then I was trying to assure them, you know, we're a newer company and we're, we're really trying to be very vigilant of these messages. And it was funny, probably four or five different people were like, oh, it's a little odd. But then they signed up and, and they're having Yeah. Do you ever get any um, clients that sign up that you can't, handle or that it is doesn't fall under your criteria for a client? I would say in the DC area, probably 90 plus percent of the clients are young professionals, very educated, very accomplished, that are anxious for the most part and, and some depressive symptoms. And, and many of them related to the pandemic. Then that other, you know, 8% have some mental health issues that they've dealt with their whole life. I think there's been one instance so far where 
person was not upfront about addictive medication that they were getting from other people. Uh And there's a great online system for every state that you go online to like the state of Massachusetts and you can see every controlled substance that someone has been prescribed in the last two or three years. So it's a really great tool. And so Mm. I think that was one instance where it just wasn't going to work out. There will be instances in the future where someone needs higher level of care that certainly outpatient at this moment cannot handle. And that would be the recommendation and assistance to a degree. I can only assist to to a degree of giving them options of numbers to call to get evaluated for higher level of care. So anxiety is big. What are some of the recommendations you make to these young professionals? I have a couple in my own family. We all do. Yeah, that are struggling with this crazy shift we're having in our world now. What are some of the things that you talk about? Well, I think one thing is just normalizing that it is a normal reaction to life. And certainly during this life that we're living right now, you know, being sequestered to your home for a month on end, working from home where there's really no delineation between work and home, it's very difficult. And I have to say it's difficult for everyone. I, I have to say personally, I feel for the younger folks and the older folks that in their last few years of life are in a room by themselves. But at any rate, like any part of mental health issues, I want to assure someone that they're not alone, that these are not uncommon, that it's universal in many ways, and that there's absolutely help out there, things that we can do to help them. So I highly would recommend some, some therapy, some coping mechanisms that can help them decrease their, their anxiety on a daily basis. You know, things like, and I know it sounds hokey, but a little bit of exercise if you're not doing it. Incorporate just enough that you're willing to do every day. It doesn't mean joining a gym necessarily and working out an hour and a half a day. It's go for a walk every morning or afternoon for 15 minutes, something you, that you will sustain. You get outside, you're moving, it makes you feel better. Some nutritional recommendations. I mean, and, and believe me, I am not the nutritional queen, but I know a lot about it. And so just kind of, Nutrition is so important. When you're depleted nutritionally, they're the precursors to a lot of brain chemistry that have to do with anxiety and depression or the ability to sleep. So when you enhance your nutrition, enhance these vitamins, you're enhancing your mental health as well. It's all kind of this, we go back to, it's all of these little things. And if needed, medication, because it does help. It doesn't mean you're going to be on it forever. But for a period of time, it absolutely does help folks that are suffering from debilitating anxiety or horrible panic attacks, which are just a terrible thing for people. So I think all of that is the recommendation. Right. And do you ever do much with mindfulness and meditation? I did a lot of it in my previous job. I was not the leader of it, but I always loved going to the groups. Yeah. I'm not a napper, but every time I did it, I could have fallen asleep. It's just so soothing and it really does help. I mean, it's proven. It just helps relax you, not just mentally, but physically. There are physical changes. So I think it's a wonderful thing. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to engage uh, some of our therapists to do some mindfulness groups. That would be wonderful. 
Vivek Murthy, who's the Surgeon General, is his second go-round as Surgeon General. And when he first became Surgeon General, he ran around the country to do sort of an overview of what America was suffering from. And there was obesity and smoking and all the, all the health issues. But he discovered that underneath all of those, there was this theme of loneliness. And this loneliness epidemic has only been magnified with COVID. Do you see much of that? And how do you cope with loneliness? A hundred percent. Even before COVID, as I mentioned earlier, I always used to stay at work. Sometimes other people would get aggravated with someone that was a repeat customer, so to speak. What's the mental illness here, Jane? And I'm like, you know what? There is some piece of mental health difficulty, but the person just needs a friend. You know, they need a support system. They don't have anything. Many people have nothing. So I make many recommendations, like, you know, especially for the young folks, like some social groups that they can join. I know, like, in their younger 20s here, kickball groups are really popular and people meet tons of people. You know, have you ever been interested in art to take some art class or a cooking class or a volunteer work? Some of this obviously was not available during COVID, which makes it more difficult. Um, but I mean, it's loosening up somewhat. I would just say, I think um, one of the things we're definitely focused on is that community piece. I, I forget the stat, but it's it's obviously been accentuated by the pandemic, but people are seeking personal connection now more than at any time in the past hundred years. And most people don't even feel like they have like strong relationships with friends. And so why we're trying to kind of build a community that not only will uh, allow people to join support groups for, for, you know, could be around loneliness, but it'll also provide a forum for folks to engage with other people who are experiencing similar issues. We, you know, like my mom said, 90% of the people who come it's for something like anxieties and that we all experience. And so one way to normalize that is to show how we all do experience that and provide a form where they can engage with others and learn from each other. Because just like how sometimes you hire a personal trainer because you want that extra help at the gym, you know, sometimes you need that therapist to give that extra help, but sometimes, you know, you just want someone else who's uh, to kind of go along with you. And so if we can create that forum for people to engage and be with each other, not only will that help fight the stigma, but I think it'll help improve mental health because it'll create that support system for everyone. And I think, for instance, AA, that's the reason it's successful is everyone in that room truly understands what it's like to be an alcoholic. And at the same time in that room, because I used to have to monitor a group every day they had at a facility, I loved going there. At the same time, there's so much hope in that room because the speaker is someone that has maintained their sobriety for whatever period of time and tells their story. The stories they tell are the most amazing stories because you sit there and think, wow, I, I guess I would just keep drinking. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. so, um, yeah. So I think it's similar to what Brennan's saying. I think having groups that kind of everyone in that room understands each other because they're all suffering from anxiety. I mean, everyone does. Yeah, it just makes it it normalizes it. It's universal. It's it's helpful. You can start becoming friendly, perhaps, with some of the people in that group. Or mm -hmm. I love what you're saying about Brenda. What you said about we spend hours toning our bodies because we think that'll benefit us. 
We spend hours learning the piano, but we completely disregard our minds. And there's a shame to it. First step, destigmatizing, getting help, asking for help, normalizing it, having groups and communities is so important. I mean, if it could be like going to the gym and spending hours in there, if it could be on the same level as that, how great would that be? Yeah. And it's just, I think, lifting this veil of misunderstanding, just how like people look at social media and construe these things that people's lives are one way when they're really are, it's not in reality. And it's the same idea of that, like a lot of people, you see them, you don't think that they might be experiencing these issues, but a lot of them do. And it's just providing a forum and a safe place for them to be open about that. Yeah, it's awesome. So what do you think you're going to look like in five years? Ideally, I would envision that we would always be able to offer virtual care for folks just because some people enjoy it. But I envision a brick and mortar location where not only will there be therapists and psychiatrists there, but there'll be yoga studio, meditation room, uh, just a hangout area for people. Again, I think in in reality, if you want to create community, people need to feel more open about it and you need to create an in-person place for them to go. And so I'm not exactly sure from a business model standpoint how that will work. We'll always offer, um, you know, accept insurance, but how that will operate. But if there's a one place that people can go, it's like a non-exclusive social club mm-hmm. um, where people want to be a part of it, but anyone can join it. And that's kind of the, the goal. And so I think we would hopefully be able to accomplish that in less than five years. But we, we're kind of working towards that. And uh, if we can make that work here, then not only allow folks to do that in DC, but, you know, Massachusetts and other states too. So uh, trying to expand that to other places as well. How do people find you? We'll have it in the show notes, but tell everyone how to be in touch with you. Definitely check us out at zamahealth.com. And then right there, there's an email and phone number if you'd like to speak with someone directly, or if not, you could just sign up for an appointment uh, directly through our website. Fantastic. Well, Jane and Brendan, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing and your ethos of service to others. It's so important. And we're just thrilled to have you on Health Gig today. Oh, I will also mention we just launched an Instagram. So we are also, you can find us at, at Zama underscore health on uh, Instagram. If, Excellent. If you follow us there too. But, but thank you so much yeah. for this opportunity. I, yeah, we really appreciate you having us on. This has been really great. And, and um, we really believe in what, what you all are doing with your yes. company. And so thank you so much for giving this opportunity to us. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well. Be well.